mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the latest in our series of crime prevention conversations, a week out after Valentine's Day, examining the growing problem of dating scams and catfishing on social media. Also, a salute to service in honor of Black History Month and the theme of African Americans and the arts, the story of a service member in Iowa with a shared passion for creating graphic arts and serving as a U.S. Army Religious Affairs Specialist. Yes, it does seem like an odd combination. And have you been out to enjoy Restaurant Week yet? There's still time to discover all of the great dining options in the community. Visit Finley's Danielle Wilkin will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. Did you see this? Delta Airlines is going to be offering uh, special flights to get to views of the total solar eclipse from 35,000 feet. The airline announced several flights for April 8th with one specially designed to follow the path of totality. They're going to follow the sun. Um, The flights will depart... Uh, from Austin, Texas at 12.15 p.m. and will land in Detroit aboard an Airbus A220 with extra-large windows. So, I think they have this, uh, they, they, didn't, they didn't order this just for, they didn't order this plane just for this eclipse. I think they've done this before, other uh, eclipses or eclipsi, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, Delta says um, there are several other flights that day will also uh, offer at least part of the view of the solar eclipse. But I would think that would be that would be really cool, wouldn't it? I mean, here's the thing. I think it'd be cool on a number of different levels. Number one, to see the eclipse is kind of a cool thing, but to see the eclipse from 35,000 feet uh, is pretty cool. And also don't have to fight the crowds. I mean, it's one of the things that they keep telling us that uh, the crowds are going to be enormous uh, here and elsewhere along the path of totality, uh, that it's it's going to be a, a nightmare after it's over. Um, and in this case, you'll just land the plane and drive off, and you'll be uh, on your way back home. No, no muss, no fuss. Kind of like that. I don't know how much the uh, flight will cost, but uh, and of course you'll have to get a flight to Austin, Texas, so that you can take the flight back to Detroit. Uh, but there you go, and the and with the flight landing in Detroit, it's fairly close by. So you may be interested. Check it out. Delta Airlines offering these uh, eclipse flights. Um, I happen to see this on the newswire: the college football playoff board of managers has approved the model, the final model, for the new 12-team playoff that will uh, happen at the end of the next football season. Uh, The new model guarantees the five highest-ranked conference champions will be included in the expanded playoff, and then the next seven highest-ranked teams will fill out the rest rest of the bracket, sort of at-large bids. So the five highest-ranked conference champions, and then the uh, next highest uh, seven-ranked teams. Um, It was a a unanimous vote to approve the new format. And in case you're thinking, I thought this was settled a long time ago. Well, originally, the Power Five conference champions were going to earn the automatic bids. But with the demise of the Pac-12, which is still around, but it's now just the Pac-2, because everybody else left, um, there are now only four true power conferences uh, in college football, and so you know, giving the Pac two an automatic bid didn't make sense. So they had to realign the uh, rework the uh, formula. So that has now been approved. Uh, every day we have to have something to be afraid of, something to be fearful of, and here is today's story that fills that bill. Apparently, there is some space junk that is expected to re-enter Earth's atmosphere today. 
Specifically, pieces from the retired European Space Agency satellite ERS-2. It is expected to fall into Earth's atmosphere around 11.32 this morning, local time, uh, 11.32 Eastern. Um, the chances, they say, the chances of it hitting someone on Earth are incredibly small. Um, <laughs> but those with irrational fears of rare but dangerous events should be on alert. So... <laughs> Eyes in the sky, just in case a piece of a falling satellite takes you out today. The uh, satellite was launched in 1995, retired in 2011, has been gradually descending from its orbit since then. And uh, most of it's going it's to burn up in the atmosphere, but there are chances that uh, pieces may survive the uh, trip through the outer atmosphere and land somewhere on Earth. And a very minuscule chance that it might strike and kill you. But the chance is never zero. So, (laughs) uh, because every day we have to have something to be afraid of. And if that's not enough, I saw this space-related story on the Newswire. Scientists in Australia have discovered a distant quasar containing the fastest-growing black hole ever recorded in the universe. This black hole is so powerful that it consumes the equivalent of one sun every day. You think of how big our sun is, how much energy it has. And this uh, black hole is so powerful that it consumes the equivalent of one sun every day. It actually has a mass, they say, 17 billion times larger than our sun. And again, if you remember your elementary school science class, how big our sun is, this is 17 billion times larger than that. The discovery, which is published in the journal Nature Astronomy, is considered surprising, the story says, given the impressive nature of this black hole and the fact that we are only now learning of it. We are only, it is only, it has remained undetected until now. 17 billion times larger than our sun. You'd think we would have noticed it earlier, you know? (laughs) This is going to be the end of civilization as we know it. The end of our universe is going to be swallowed up by this giant black hole. I don't know how far away this thing is. Uh, I'm assuming that it's... uh, Far enough away that we don't have to worry about it, or else this would be a much bigger story. But still, it is a bit disconcerting. And uh, 17 billion times larger than a sun, eating a sun every day. And where does it go? This is the thing that just fascinates me about our universe and the science of outer space. When this black hole eats a sun every day, where does it go? I mean, does it just disappear, cease to exist? What is it? I, I don't know. It just boggles my mind. Just boggles my mind. Speaking of inescapable forces that consume everything around them in the universe, we have another Taylor Swift story here. <laughs> I, I saw this on the business wire, and I thought it was uh, really interesting. The CEO of Lyft, the rideshare company, David Risher, is the CEO of Lyft, says that their company's bottom line got a big boost thanks to the Eras Tour. Taylor Swift's Eras Tour was a big boom for Lyft. Traffic to and from stadiums and hotels was significantly up whenever the pop star was in town. Whatever city she visited, they had a huge increase in the number of ride shares. Uh, Anywhere from 25 to 60%, a boost of... 25 to 60% increase in business whenever Taylor Swift came to town. Uh, Mr. Richard also tells Yahoo, Yahoo Finance that Swifties also tend to tip very well, up to three times higher than the average rideshare customer. So they, you know, they're uh, more than happy uh, with the all of the uh, attention being paid to uh, Taylor Swift and the Eras Tour over the course of the past year. 
And uh, finally this morning, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, I think this is something that we can all kind of relate to, right? If you have ever felt overwhelmed by the nonstop pace of digital media and find yourself struggling to concentrate on a single task or a single thought because you got all of this other stuff from our digital universe rattling around in your brain, they have a name for that now. They call it popcorn brain. (laughs) Popcorn brain refers to the tendency for our attention to Uh, for our attention and focus to jump quickly from one thing to another. This is according to clinical psychologist Dr. Daniel Glazer. Actually, this term was coined all the way back in 2011, but mental health experts are sharing new ways to combat the phenomenon as our lives become more digital. One study found that 62.3% of the global population is on social media. 62.3%. So nearly two out of every three people are on social media. And I I only know a handful of people that aren't on social media. My father-in-law is not on social media. But he's not, he doesn't even have a computer in the house or have internet in the house. I don't want that stuff. You know, but everybody knows somebody like that. But for the most part, anyone who has any connection whatsoever to the digital universe uh, it seems is on social media. The average daily usage last month clocked in at two hours and 23 minutes. And they say excessively scrolling and browsing through new posts and news alerts and engagements and advertisements triggers a small dopamine release that rewards the brain and fuels the cycle of wanting more and more and more. And they call it popcorn brain. So... I must admit, sometimes I feel as though I do have popcorn brain, and I don't need a psychologist to tell me that. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny skies today, a high in the mid-50s, becoming cloudy tonight, uh, low in the mid-40s. Finley police officers wore mourning bands all day yesterday in memory of fallen Finley police officer William Holly, who was killed in the line of duty many years ago. It was on February 20th, 1898, when Patrolman Holly was chasing two burglary suspects, and one of the men opened fire on Holly, killing him. Both were arrested and charged with murder. The police department says it remembers Officer Holly for his ultimate sacrifice for the safety and protection of the citizens of the city of Finley. Officer Holly's name is represented on the local police memorial at the Fort Finley FOP Lodge 20 on Romick Parkway in Finley, as well as all of the officers and troopers in Hancock County who have died in the line of duty. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says Ohio is one of eight states listed as having very high flu activity. What we're seeing with the flu in particular is the fact that flu A has kind of plateaued, but now we're coming to the peak of flu B. Pediatric infectious disease specialist Dr. Claudia Hoyan predicts about four to six weeks left in flu season. Onan's Bree Buckley reporting. The Qantas Club of Finley's Pancake Day fundraiser is coming up. The club says they reinvest the profits from the event into the community's youth into initiatives like Kiwanis Closets. Kids, whether they have a spill or, or, or whatever an that day, they, an accident, they can, uh, they can come and they can get pants, shirt, socks. But also, um, it's a little more than that in that if they're in need, they can go and get those clothes, yeah. no questions asked. The Kiwanis Pancake Day will be held on Saturday, March 2nd at the Finley High School Cafeteria. Get more details in the story on our website. More than 100 7th graders from Liberty Benton local schools visited Marathon Petroleum's headquarters in Finley for Career Exploration Day. Marathon employees showcased various career opportunities within the company and advised students on how to prepare for future success. See some pictures of the visit in the story on our website. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Our cover story this morning, um, we're a week past Valentine's Day, and we were talking about this uh, a little bit earlier in the week, um, romance scams. 
and going to expand on that a little bit this morning with the latest in our series of crime prevention conversations. Findlay Police Department Crime Prevention Officer Brian White is uh, with us this morning to talk about the growing problem of dating scams and catfishing on social media. Obviously, you know, these online matchmaking services and social media meetups, they work. My oldest son met his wife on a dating service. My youngest son met his fiance soon to be wife Absolutely. on a dating service. These things work. It is not a condemnation of the platform. That, that's correct. Yeah, there are many legitimate platforms out there that uh, people really do meet up and, mm-hmm. you know, can can share stories, spend their life together. Sure. But unfortunately, it works for scammers, too. Yeah. Uh, and that's really uh, what people have to be on the lookout for. We were talking, as we mentioned earlier this week, about romance scams uh, from the financial side. And I guess at the at the end of the day, that's really what most of these scammers are, are after. That, that's correct. It's, it's always about money. I mm-hmm. mean, that's really what it comes down to. And that's actually one of the warning flags that we talk about. When someone starts to ask for money, mm-hmm. that should be immediate, hey, you know what, this, there's probably a problem with this. Yeah. But there are also other, uh, it's not just asking for money directly, although that is certainly very common. Uh, you get into things like sextortion and uh, things of that nature. Sure. Uh, maybe uh, someone already has a relationship and they meet up with someone online and that person now has information about them that mm-hmm. they can expose them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a way that they extort money from someone as well as photos. Yeah, so, you know, I've got these uh, photos, I'll post them on the internet unless you pay me uh, X amount of dollars. And then uh, identity theft, obviously, is, again, you're not stealing money directly, but uh, certainly that can be a goldmine. Well, again, it comes down to money, right? If I can Mm, use someone's personal information to obtain a line of credit, uh, loans, uh, get some form of payment, Mm -hmm. of course, that works as well. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the red flags to watch for. Again, the most obvious one is when somebody comes right out and says, you know, give me money. Yeah. One of the trends that we are seeing is uptick in social media, right? So we kind of talked about these platforms, these dating platforms. Mm. Much of the time, that's not how it occurs. It actually occurs on social media. So someone reaches out, hey, I I like your profile. I like your picture. Tries to drum up a conversation, right? So we get some random message from someone. We have no idea who it is. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a red flag. Yeah. Uh, Someone that doesn't want to meet up. They say, hey, look, I'm out of town. I just can't meet or something happens. They might say that they are going to come visit this weekend, but they can't, right? Right. So anyone that's a scammer, they're not going to want to meet in person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a red flag. Anytime someone talks about sending money, we already talked about that, Mm -hmm. especially if we are talking gift cards. That's the number one uh, way that scammers prefer their payments Yeah, because it's untraceable, right? I mean, there's no way to get that money back once it's gone. Mm -hmm. Money grams, uh, we still see that sometimes, but really it's gift cards. Venmo and PayPal. And that, that is Cash a problem, apps, but those but, kind of thing. Yeah, that's a lower problem simply because uh, it takes a little bit of work to build up those accounts, and they can easily be shut down. Whereas again, gift cards, and I would imagine to a certain extent they can be traced to to an extent. Yes. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing that uh, I, I think is important to bring up, um, especially when it comes to things like identity theft, sextortion, those kind of things. This is not just happening to adults. This is happening to kids. Yes, absolutely. Um, You have uh, children that uh, they befriend someone on social media. um, uh, That develops into some kind of relationship. At least they think it's some kind of relationship. They might think that they're talking with someone their own age, but of course people can lie about who they are on the internet. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that they're talking with someone older and they convince them into sending them maybe compromising photographs or compromising information. Mm -hmm. And then they hold that over them saying, hey, look, I'll tell your parents, I'll tell your friends that all this is going to happen. And of course kids, they feel like they can't turn to their parents. They feel like they can't uh, involve police uh, because it's embarrassing, right? Mm -hmm. So... So what recourse is available? I mean, if something, if someone contacts you, I mean, obviously, you know, the first piece of advice, you just ignore it um, and and don't follow through with uh, this be immediately suspicious. But is there a recourse, a legal recourse? Well, the the sad part is when it comes to criminal laws, most of it's after the fact, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to have some kind of violation, a crime that occurred. So someone reaching out to someone and trying to drum up a friendship, that doesn't necessarily make it illegal. It makes it uh, 
uh, scary perhaps, right? Especially right. for parents as well as us, mm-hmm. but legally there might not be anything that we can do. So what I encourage people to do is one, if we're talking about kids, uh, have that relationship with our kids to where they can come to us. If mm-hmm. someone is making them feel uncomfortable, yeah. that's right? a relationship you can trust. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Uh, block that person, uh, report them to whatever platform it is. Again, Mm -hmm. if we're talking about social media, that way, those companies, they are aware of what the problem is with that account. Yeah. But, but again, it's, it's easy for people to kind of change accounts and create a new fake profile. Mm -hmm. And again, most of the time, these are, these are not local scams in that, you know, it's somebody else Correct. in town or, you know, somebody in the local area. Correct. Uh, very, very, very rare is it ever going to be someone even from our immediate state. Yeah. Right. Many of uh, these crimes actually occur and originate from overseas. Yeah. Uh, which is outside our jurisdiction. There's nothing we can do about. Exactly. Just kind of underscores the the fact that we have to be on our toes and, and really be proactive about this. Uh, ourselves. Correct. And yeah. when it comes to social media and technology in general, I always am, sadly advise people, you know, plan on it being something that uh, might be a scam mm. and yeah. take it from that approach because yeah. unfortunately many times it is. Yeah. Always assume the worst and and you hate to do that. Yeah, you but, do. You yeah. do because you, that's you not to. the kind of world you want to live in. But uh, when it comes to technology and we're talking about billions of dollars lost mm. every year to these scams. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a big problem. As a rule of thumb, you just don't interact uh, on social media with anyone that you don't already know. Sure. And that can be so, tough. This is actually something I talk with kids about in school when it comes to social media. Don't again, interact with someone we don't know. However, sometimes you might get a friend request from someone that is one of your friends, but someone that created a fake profile, fake profile. based on people yep. that you know. Yep. And that's where we need to lock down our and accounts. We've all, and we've all seen that happen uh, with people that we know that have suddenly friended right. us out of the blue that, oh, I thought it, it was I already, know this person. I, I was already up. friends with this person. So what's yep. going on here? So, yeah. Yeah, really what's going on is it's a second profile and the scammer has right. been able to see our friends and create another profile. Yeah. Uh, one other note on this, and again, it's uh, something we were talking about earlier, but it is uh, worth reiterating. This usually, it's more common like around Valentine's Day or around the holidays when people tend to be lonelier. Correct. We have an emphasis on coupling up, but this can happen anytime. Uh, that's correct. Uh, I have several different cases. I go into different uh uh, community organizations and talk about where uh, the cases span over a course of three or four years yeah. where these relationships have been built up yeah. and these people have been, you know, just drained of money along the way. Yeah. So even though it's Valentine's day, you know, might be around Christmas time when people are a little bit lonely, uh, it, it happens throughout the entire year. Yeah. Always have to be uh, on the lookout. Again, Brian White, uh, crime prevention officer of the Finley Police Department, our uh, ongoing series of crime prevention conversations about the growing problem of dating scams and catfishing uh, on social media and on these uh, dating apps. And uh, Brian, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Well, as you probably already know, February is Black History Month, and this year's theme celebrates African-American trailblazers in the arts. So it might surprise you that our next guest is U.S. Army Specialist Bossy White and his personal mission to improve representation in the comic book industry while serving his country. Specialist Weiss, first of all, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me here. It's, it's a, a privilege to be able to, to come on and talk about all this stuff. So I am really curious, first of all, about that idea of improving representation in the comic book industry. What got you in, uh, interested in that and, and where did that come from, first of all? Yeah, so I mean, uh, generally all around, I have been a nerd for my entire life. So, you know, just comic books, uh, comic books, video games, movies, um, you know, all that stuff has really just always caught my interest. I'm a storyteller, so whatever medium that comes in, uh, I love it. So uh, around um, around the time that I was uh, gearing up to, to uh, enlist, actually, that's when I first started uh, kind of shifting over to comic books. I've been writing since like first grade, but shifted over to comic books because um, I saw a increase in the the interest in you know graphic novels and anime right. and stuff. So 
Um, so that's when I started kind of switching gears from books to to comics, and that's uh, that's where I kind of dug in and stuck my stuck my feet in at. Um, and it's been extremely fun. Like I get to travel, go to comic cons, and meet all kinds of people. So. Um, yeah, it's been and really you, fun. And you learn that there is a, a significant underrepresentation of, uh, of people of color uh, in this particular industry, which is something, and I'm not sure that everybody realizes. Uh, so, again, this is kind of coincides, as you said, your interest in this coincides with uh, the time when you're getting ready to enlist. So, talk a little bit about your your journey to the armed forces. Yeah, so my journey started off as a kid. Um, you know, like I said, just watching movies and playing video games and stuff, and a lot of those surrounded, you know, World War II soldier stuff, army stuff, and so. Um, you know, going into high school, I joined JROTC. Uh, so I had some familiarity with the military prior to enlisting. And mm-hmm. then, um, around the time that I, that I did join up, I was just looking for something bigger to be a part of, was looking for a place to, to be a light in dark places. And, um, so after praying about it and, and, uh, you know, continuing to search, um, God led me to the army. And so now I get to, uh, serve uh, serve those who serve us and, and encourage soldiers as a religious affairs specialist, uh, where I basically work with the chaplains to ensure the spiritual fitness of the soldiers. So talk about balancing that Army career with those artistic endeavors. Yeah, so this this is where I'm super grateful to to um, you know be in the the National Guard. Not a lot of people know the the different components of the Army, but you know there's the Federal Army, which is full time active duty, which mm-hmm. you know most people think about, and then there's the Reserves, and then there's the National Guard. And so the National Guard is um, you know it's the state the state um, is basically a militia. You know mm-hmm. that's what it started as. Yeah. Um, and so you know I, I uh, serve in the in the Iowa Army National Guard and. Um, that kind of offers me a lot more flexibility, um, to be able to pursue my civilian passions and stuff, because in the, in the guard, you, you go and drill once a month. Um, you know, if, if you don't want to do full time, cause you can do full time in the guard, but, uh, you know, you go once a month and then, you know, you still get all those benefits. You still meet all the amazing people you get to learn, uh, you know, about leadership and, and working with the team and you get that discipline and, um, it really informs my approach as a professional, um, for my company to be able to execute things in a timely manner. And, you know, I still, I, I do, um, like after action reports with, with my, with my teammates, um, you know, just so that we can improve how we execute things. And, you know, a lot of those things I learned from the army. So, um, you know, they really do, uh, inform each other and the time that I'm afforded because I'm in the guard, uh, that really makes it easy to, to balance all those responsibilities out. Yeah. I, I know that again, as we were mentioning in the, in the introduction, uh, when we talk about, uh, black history month and the theme surrounding the arts, people probably surprised to know that, uh, that pursuits in the arts can go hand in hand with a career, in the armed forces, uh, just one of the many things that might people might, might surprise people uh, about the uh, about the army these days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's tons of things that that uh, that you can do. I mean, there's a lot of things that people don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of myths and misinformation and stuff. I think one of the the biggest things that came as a surprise to me was um, not only the diversity of of the types of people that are in the army, but also the diversity of jobs. I mean, that that's a big thing for um, for, you know, my generation is just like not really knowing what we want to do. And so, uh, you know, going into the army and learning that there's like over 200 jobs that you can pick from, whether you want to be a dog trainer or a welder or, um, a doctor or whatever it is, you know, the army is one of the few places that I know of that will pay you to go learn a skill and then give you a job afterwards. So that's, that's something that, you know, it's, it's a life hack to really be able to, kind of kickstart your um, your professional pursuits. It is a, a really eclectic uh, career uh, 
a pair of careers, really, that you have with your passion for comic book art and, and creation and, and production, and, uh, of course, your uh, life as a religious affairs specialist, the Iowa National Guard. Again, uh, Army Soldier Specialist Bossy White with us this morning. Um, where do folks learn more uh, about the opportunities that are available uh, within, in your case, the National Guard, but the Army in general? Yeah, so uh, you can always stop by uh, you know your local recruiting station and, and talk to somebody there, or you can go to goarmy.com. And if you want to learn more about me and my company, you just go to sensilstudios.com. That's S-E-N-S-I-I-L studios.com. Worth a look for sure. Specialist White, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Information that makes a difference. Good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Police in Lake Halley, Wisconsin, say the man who crashed into a squad car and then ran down the road with a machete in one hand and a knife in the other was drunk. <laughs> I would think so. Uh, definitely sounds like an, an unusual scene. Officers finally arrested Chad Nylon after a crash, a car chase, and then a foot chase down Highway 53. Officers say Mr. Nylon, that is a full day right there. <laughs> I mean, he, Mr. Nyland apparently woke up and said, how much trouble can I get into today? Officers say Mr. Nyland hit a squad car and then sped away. At one point, they say he jumped out of the car, showed the officer a machete and his knife. Uh, Mr. Nyland is accused of then driving some more before he abandoned his vehicle and started running down the highway. The only thing that was missing in this story is if he had been naked. That would be the only thing... That would have made this story complete. Mr. Nyland was taken into jail uh, on a slew of charges, including his third OWI, along, along with the charge of felony bail jumping and disorderly conduct. <laughs> Intact on charge of disorderly conduct, as if everything else, his third uh, OVI and, and felony bail jumping was not enough. Let's just tack on a charge of disorderly conduct. <laughs> that is a full rich day for Mr. Nyland there. Elsewhere in the broken news, not to be outdone, a man is in jail in Arkansas for impersonating a police officer in an attempted traffic stop. The White County Sheriff's Office says that someone was stopped in what appeared to be an undercover drug enforcement vehicle. All right, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, let's try this again, uh, because this is, I actually detracted from the story. Someone was stopped by a gray car, uh, that proceeded to, uh, then pull away. Uh, apparently the vehicle that was stopped was an undercover drug enforcement vehicle. So that was, that was his mistake. Uh, Mr. Uh, Aubrey Young, uh, was the, uh, uh was the man in, was arrested for impersonating the officer and his mistake was he tried to pull over an under undercover <laughs> drug enforcement vehicle the investigator uh that was uh, pulled over then ran the plate of the car that pulled him over and discovered it was a rental <laughs> it wasn't even mr young's car uh when uh, mr young was arrested he was reportedly found to be in possession of a loaded gun a police scanner and drug paraphernalia in his vehicle. Uh, he is being held on several counts, including criminal impersonation. So there's that. <laughs> uh, let's see. <clears throat> you remember the uh, story that we had, was it yesterday or the day before, about the, uh, the, the cops that had to release a guy from jail uh, because of a technicality? It was a really bizarre story. Here's another guy released from jail who really shouldn't have been. In Nevada, prison officials didn't notice that a murderer was missing until his parole hearing came up. And we're talking about since 2022, this guy has been on the run. 
Uh, Jeremy Kelly was convicted of murder in 1999, was sentenced to two life terms. Uh, he was granted. He was first granted parole in 2016, violated his par- parole, which put him back behind bars. But after serving his federal sentence, he was supposed to be returned to state prison, but was mistakenly and incorrectly released from federal custody in 2022. And nobody noticed this <laughs> until uh, his parole hearing came up. Uh, his next parole hearing came up and they couldn't find him. Uh, fortunately, uh, he has now been rearrested. Judge Jacqueline Bluth in Nevada issued a warrant for his arrest, uh, as you might as you might imagine, and he was picked up earlier this month. But how how crazy is that? Um, incorrectly released from federal custody in 2022, and uh, they didn't notice that he was missing until his next parole hearing comes up. That doesn't necessarily uh, give you a whole lot of confidence about the federal justice system does it wow uh let's see but thankfully he's back behind bars so our dumb criminal of the day apologies to the guy who impersonated a police officer and pulled over an undercover drug enforcement unit and the uh, guy who crashed the squad car and then ran down the road with a machete and a knife our dumb criminal of the day is this guy a burglar in Pennsylvania that police say made off with trillions of dollars in completely worthless money. Uh, the police report lists items stolen from a residence in Pennsylvania, um, including jewelry, some loose change, and 100 trillion Zimbabwe dollar bills. 100 trillion Zimbabwe dollar bills. Unfortunately, I mean, this guy must have figured he hit the mother load, right? Uh, what the uh, burglar probably did not know is that the missing trillions of dollars are not actually worth very much. These particular bills were issued during a time of hyperinflation in Zimbabwe, and the most that he could get out of them is a few bucks as a novelty item. <laughs> the suspected thief is still on the loose. <laughs> Figure it. He probably is is thinking he's struck it rich, $100 trillion in Zimbabwe dollars, but no, they're worth virtually nothing. <laughs> That's bad luck right there. That is some bad luck. Um, <laughs> I love this story in uh, Kanawa, City, West Virginia, I think is how you pronounce this. Kanawa City, West Virginia. Patrons of the Hooters restaurant are heartbroken after losing the eatery to the wrecking ball. So much so that they are apparently planning to pay their respects with a candlelight vigil. (laughs) There not much to do in Kanawa City, West Virginia, apparently. The restaurant actually closed its doors in 2020. But locals have been holding out hope that it would make a triumphant return. Those hopes were dashed, however, when it was announced that the Hooters building would be demolished to make room for a Sheets gas station. (laughs) And so mourners have planned a candlelight vigil complete with chicken wings and traditional Hooters sauce, as well as what they consider the greatest sandwich of all time, the strip cheese. So far... (laughs) I mean, they're not kidding around. So far, over 400 people have RSVP'd to attend the event. <laughs> it's going to be a big, going to be the social event of the year there in uh, Kanawha City, West Virginia. <laughs> and finally, in the broken news this morning, I uh, debated whether to use this story because it is uh, somewhat of an adult nature. If you have very small children. Uh, You might want to shuffle them into another room out of earshot for this story because it is uh, of a mature nature. But it is, uh, it it falls squarely in the category of broken news. Scientists at a university in Israel have successfully grown working man parts that could one day help solve the problem of male infertility. That's right. 
they have grown testicles in a dish in a lab. I kid you not. Uh, Researchers uh, say they produced tiny organoids, they call them, (laughs) artificial miniature organs that closely mimic the structure and function of natural man parts. These lab-grown organoids, cultured from cells, uh, sampled from mouse parts, uh, formed the small tubules that parallel the functioning tubules found in human testicles. (laughs) They say they're very small because they come from mice, but (laughs) they could... One day, solve the problem of male infertility. Wow. That's so, so much, so much to digest there. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN is your home of Finley Trojan Basketball. This is Tim Montgomery. Join me and Coach Cliff Height as we follow Jim Rookie's Trojans throughout the season. From the opening tip to the final buzzer, you'll get every drive, every dunk, and every free throw. Up next on Friday night, the Trojans' regular season finale with Perrysburg. The Finley Trojans play here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. And now, your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. The folks at WalletHub are out with a new ranking of America's hardest working cities. They took 120 of the nation's largest cities, at least one in every state, and ranked the hardest working cities in America. And the metrics that they used include what they call direct work factors and indirect work factors. Direct work factors include uh, the average number of hours in the work week, the employment rate, the share of households where no adults work, the share of workers who leave vacation time unused, the share of engaged workers, those who are involved in, enthusiastic about, and committed to their work and workplace, And the number of individuals under the age of 25 who are neither in school nor working. So all of that was factored in. Then they looked at indirect work factors like average commute time, the number of workers with multiple jobs, the annual volunteer hours per resident, the share of people who participate in local groups and organizations. And it kind of goes back to volunteer work and the average leisure time spent per day. So those were the factors. And when they totaled up all of the numbers, crunched all the numbers, they found that Washington, D.C. is the hardest working city in America. (laughs) Those in Congress notwithstanding. Washington, D.C., number one. Irving, Texas comes in second place overall. And Cheyenne, Wyoming comes in third. Now, the bottom of the list, the laziest cities, Burlington, Vermont, is at the very bottom. But the rest of the, the, the bottom five, Detroit, Buffalo, Newark, New Jersey, and Toledo, uh, in the bottom five, Toledo. Kind of interesting. The hardest working city in Ohio uh, is Columbus. Uh, But you have to go all the way down to number 68 in order to get to any Ohio City. Columbus is the tops in the state. Uh, After Columbus, you get to Cincinnati at number 89, Cleveland at number 109, and Toledo, as we mentioned, in the bottom five. So hard to believe it's already Wednesday, and especially this week... We are already about halfway through Restaurant Week in Findlay, uh, which has been going on for many years now. Uh, Daniel Wilkin is here from Visit Findlay, and uh, what is this? Eight, nine, ten years? This I don't is know. actually this is our seventh seventh year. Yes. I knew it was yeah, coming not up. quite. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a number of years, and every year uh, you've seen this grow and expand. And in fact, it is now beyond just Findlay. 
uh, participating yeah. in restaurant week. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. this year we have 21 restaurants, which is nearly our biggest. So we are we we snuck in a restaurant week the week before the shutdown in 2020, mm-hmm. um, and that was our biggest yet at 22. So this is a, we have 21 locations participating, um, and several of those are outside of downtown Finley and Finley as a whole. So mm-hmm. we have a couple uh, in Bluffton. We have one in Arlington and one in Van Lue this year. So the concept is that uh, restaurants come up with a special menu uh, that is... Because one of the things that that maybe keeps people from going someplace new is not wanting to end up with a bill that's outrageous or something they didn't expect, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So a lot of these restaurants, basically what you could do is you get a three-course meal at a set price and you get an order off of a smaller menu. Okay. So that also kind of takes away some of the anxiety <laughs> that when you're looking at a great big menu, yeah. this is just a few options for each course. So you mm-hmm. get um, typically an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, but there's some drink specials in there there's some other stuff um, and, and most of the restaurants are are highlighting the some of the more popular items uh their signature items uh from their regular menu on the uh restaurant exactly yeah. yeah so they're either highlighting some of their favorites or some locations are doing a special like this week only item mm-hmm. um so you kind of have to check out the menus and see what speaks yeah. to you for each day so uh there are different price points uh there are a number of restaurants in the 15 dollar price range the 25 dollar 35 and then 45 yes the, correct so you can kind of go whichever you or feel most comfortable. Exactly. So, so you can check out the menus at visitfinley.com slash restaurant week. See which one does speak to you, which one you sounds good for tonight. But if something doesn't scream that you want to eat that um, and your dinner companions are insistent that that's where they want to go, you can always order off the regular menu as well. Menu. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to give you the rundown, because yeah. there are a bunch of them here at the uh, $15 uh, level, Beer, ba- beer Barrel, uh, Campus Poly Eyes, Circle of Friends International Restaurant, yeah. uh, Heavenly Pizza, Jack and Doe's, uh, the Swan House Tea Room, and the Wildcat Cafe. So yes. again, in Van Lue. Yep, Wildcat Cafe's in Van Lue, and um, Jack and Doe's is the Jack and Doe's in Arlington. In Arlington, yes. yeah. Yeah, and Swan House Tea Room, this is their first time participating. So, so it, that one is new. It is, it's yeah. new, and if anybody has not had their food, it is so good. It yeah. is excellent. Uh, then at the $25 uh, level, uh, you've got Alexandria's, uh, the Bourbon of Fair, uh, Dark Horse, Fern Cafe, the Garden Grill at the Hilton Garden Inn, mm-hmm. uh, which that's uh, one of those hidden things yeah. that y- you don't really think of. When yeah. You go, Where are we going to eat? Uh, the Hilton Garden yeah, Inn. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Gillig Winery, uh, Kira's Flipside Grill, uh, Logan's Irish Pub, Oler's Bar and Grill, and Vivere Modern Mexican. Yes. So. Yeah, and you can't go wrong with any of those. And (laughs) again, some of them uh, maybe are new to you. Yes. Uh, Like, for example, example, Kira's Flipside Grill is not the place that I've been. Yes, so So Kira's is one of the locations that's in Bluffton. Okay. Um, It was formerly called Luke's Bar and Grill, for those that aren't familiar. Um, And she's highlighting both some of her tried and true and also a special restaurant week. Uh, at the $35 per diner uh, level, you've got the Findlay Brewing Company, uh, the Greenhorn, and Mansi's. Yes. So. Yeah, and all three of those locations are something that you can kind of make a special night out of it. Mansi's uh, menu is excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Greenhorn in Bluffton is a vegan and vegetarian restaurant, so if you haven't okay. been there, it's really cool in there. Which is another thing that, and by the way, the one the one at the $45 uh, level is the Bistro. Yes. And yeah, you know, what mean, do we have to say about exactly. the Bistro? Exactly. <laughs> Um, but the, that's the other thing, uh, whether you're looking for just burgers or pizza or vegan vegetarian yeah. or something really fancy like Mansi's or mm-hmm. the Bistro, uh, again, a wide variety. Yeah, of there's a little something for everyone. Even my kids are seven and 10 and they were looking at the menus and I think they're going to order off the restaurant. Because I was like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> You guys can still do kids' menus, but they were getting really excited about trying something new, and, and it's a special week, and so why not? Yeah. It'll be fun. So again, on the in and, and each of those, you've got the menus in advance. That's the other nice thing is that you can go to the website, which, by the way, we have linked up at our webpage, <laughs> and you can click on the restaurant that interests you and find out what 
is on the special restaurant week menu. Exactly. Yeah, you can plan out your ta- your your mm-hmm. meals ahead of time and kind of know yeah. what you're getting into. Um, and this goes until Sunday, so really you could just meal plan for the rest of the week and just pick a restaurant a day. <laughs> there you that's, go. That's how I'm going to do it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so again, it's uh, basically it's an appetizer, it's a main dish, mm-hmm. and then a dessert. Yes. Yeah. For the most part. For the most yeah. Part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now they don't include, and again, just to be in full disclosure, uh, doesn't include tip, doesn't include drinks. Yes, exactly. Unless the drink is part of their meal, um, which is noted on the menu. But yeah, de- okay. definitely does not include tax, tip, or drink. So okay. make sure to keep that in mind when you're budgeting. Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, it is a great opportunity to maybe go someplace that you haven't been before or rediscover try out something new at a uh, at a favorite and obviously uh, the restaurants uh, themselves respond quite well oh yeah you know. yeah this is something that we really look forward to it's one of my favorite weeks of the year mm-hmm. um, and the restaurants have really gotten behind it and look forward to it as well and especially still we are still in this uh, post-covid yeah. era where you know restaurants are still kind of adjusting in yeah cases you know too. that's one thing nobody really knows what a normal week is anymore you know they used to be able to look at historical data and be like okay this is a slow time for us this is a busy time but Mm -hmm. now it's it's all totally new the 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 landscape has changed a lot so this is something that they look forward to hopefully people kind of get back in the habit of going out to dinner i know i that was one of the first things that i was able to rebound to um but i know that that's something that a lot of people look forward to and hopefully they make plans this week and you are encouraging people to share their restaurant week experiences on social media yes it doesn't count unless you instagram it so <laughs> so definitely share that use uh, hashtag 419 eats or just tag visit finley or downtown finley or any of the restaurants we would love to see it restaurant week continuing through sunday uh here locally and again it's not just finley and you know, it's it's really all over the uh, area, all the way down to Arlington, Bluffton, yeah, yeah, yep, uh, Van Loo. So terrific stuff. We've got the link up at uh, GoodMornings.net. You can find the uh, link to all of the Restaurant Week info that you will need. Danielle Wilton of Visit Findlay with us this morning. Danielle, thanks very much. Thank you. And with that, we wrap up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the program at our webpage. Head on over to goodmornings.net. Check us out online. You can also connect with us on social media. Sign up for our daily email newsletter and more. Again, goodmornings.net. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.